You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And that is when this host takes a huge dump. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Driven hard to right center field. Hit a long way. Into the second deck. Number 13 for Nelson Cruz. A Garber with a drive to center field. Way back there. Up, up, and away. You want reckless speculation? You know this ain't gonna happen. How about reckless trade speculation? You guys ready for it? You want to? Should we start the show with a little bit of uh, Charlie Walters' reckless speculation? I don't think we have a choice at this point, do we? After that, open displayed. Reckless speculation. In fact, this started on the uh, Score North Twin Show, so I might as well just extend to Mackie Judd with Rami. All right. So, by the way, uh, this was my first ever Monday Score North Twin Show, and I have to apologize. Like, I didn't. I violated some rules. I didn't. Such as I didn't. I didn't. I referred to Jake Odorizzi without saying American League ERA leader Jake Odorizzi. But you were right because he's not now. He's not anymore. Julio oh, is. I got buzzed for that. Oh. Oh no, fine. you were you were right. You were the the fact that you perused the American League statistics today paid off. No, he was okay. right by accident. Yeah, I just like I didn't I didn't know I didn't give him credit. I didn't know that every time you referred You're to Arizona. You're supposed Arizzi, to prop up your teammates. Yeah. I walked into the right to the right <laughs> reference of Jacob Arizzi. Did you say that the show is live from Bombasota, the land of ten thousand rakes? Um and did you give the magic number going into and coming out of every break? I did not. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Man, I take I'm one sorry. day off. I take one day off. I'm sorry. Oh, all the wheels. I violated the same thing for the past two shows I've been on as well, so don't feel bad. I did refer to, I did ask, if Judd's not driving the Bomba bus, mm-hmm. then who is driving it? And they both, Manny and Derek, reassured me, oh, no, it's it's on, it's like one of those automatic self-driving vehicles oh, at this really? point. Yeah, That's just all the way to the playoffs, self-driving. Now, once I, you get to the playoffs, then it's manual. <laughs> And there's cliffs and there's bumps. There's a stick shift yeah. here. There's the Yankees. Once you get to the playoffs, you got to shift down. Yeah. It's called the Yankees. I didn't yeah. know it had that type of technology. I thought we just threw a brick on the pedal and hoped for the best <laughs> while we all party in the back. By the way, the Yankees. This Encarnacion trade, I was like at first, what are they doing and why? Because uh, Judge is coming back and Stanton as well. No, they're out-twinsing the twins. And then I realized... Yeah. They are prepared in October to beat you 17 to 16. They're yes. trying to keep up. Yeah, they have. Uh, by the way, uh, Judge has been out for the majority of time the last. Like, he's missed a bunch of time the last couple of years. He's still, in the last three seasons, Aaron Judge has the 11th most home runs in all of baseball. And that's third on the list of those three guys. Because Stanton, who's missed time, Encarnacion's top five last three years. But here's the twins, and we can get back to some of that. But here's the twin speculation from the weekend. And Judd has something to add to this. But then but then I have a I have a trade scenario. Charlie Walters from the Pioneer Press, who doesn't just make stuff up, okay? Charlie's not just throwing stuff completely at the wall here. He's talking to somebody. Sure. 
Insiders say the Twins are moving closer to a trade with the Giants for left-handed starter Madison Bumgarner. Reckless speculation. Judd? Uh, To which I checked in with the various people, I guess you could say, and was told that was... The Twins have had this conversation. It is premature to say that they are moving closer right now. That doesn't mean that they won't be. I think so. Here's but where, it's a discussion that's happening, oh, absolutely. which means the ball is in the Twins' absolutely. court to pull well, the trigger. Okay, so here here's where things lie, and I don't know that anyone can tell us exactly where this is going or or how this is going to progress and how quickly. Having a July 31st trade deadline and that's it is changing things a lot, and so I think the Encarnacion trade starts the the thing of. There's a lot of just not good teams who are going to sell and who are, I don't want to say desperate to sell, but need to sell. And the strategy now is to sell to get as many good prospects and potentially some cash for uh, draft picks as possible, right? And so Seattle set the wheels in motion for what I think is going to be a lot of movement in a quick time period that we're not as used to. So the Bumgarner thing probably is on a faster track because ordinarily you'd be like, okay, July 31st, this gets done. I think it gets done before then, and I think you can very safely say that the Twins are among the teams that are being very aggressive probably in how they approach this. And to me, I mean, the Giants the Giants are 10 games under 500. The Giants are going to trade Madison Bumgarner, who has three months left on this contract, and they're going to trade Will Smith. Will Will Smith also is a free agent at the end of the year. But do you think so this, they're going to trade those two? Guys. Do you think this Encarnacion move to the Yankees is just two teams who happen to find a good fit this early? Because that's that's early for a move of that magnitude. That I, last I checked, he was the American League leader in home runs, and he just got traded to to a division leader. Or do you think this is an indication of what this new trade deadline is going to do to the market? That it's going to speed things up and increase urgency. To me, it's it's the latter, and here's why. There's a lot of teams in the American League, but just throughout baseball, that need to make these trades. And so if these trades start and I hang back and I'm like, I I, I can make a trade eventually, the good trades and the teams that are competitive, and in the American League there's not a ton, that are willing to give something up are going to have pulled the trigger on their moves. So in this case, in this year, with the trade deadline now shifted, I think teams are going to be far more apt to make deals quicker than what than what we're used to. So, Rami, I think the answer to your question is the latter more than the former. So here's a potential trade. This is from Jim Bowden, who's all over the athletic with just, like, tra- every day he's got new trade scenarios. It's amazing. <laughs> it is cool. Some of it's plugged in. Some of it's reckless speculation. And he says, this is just his own hypothetical, possibly sourced, maybe not, <laughs> trade scenario. Okay? Former GM Jim Bowden. I love this. This is so good. Twins get Madison Bumgarner and Will Smith for their best pitching prospect, Bruzdar Gratterall, and Nick Gordon, who's, if you haven't paid attention to Nick Gordon, he's actually hitting like 300 right now at AAA Rochester. He's going to be up at some point. I mean, he's, he's become a major leaguer. He's going to get called up here at some point. So you get rent to Bumgarner, rent to Will Smith for your best pitching prospect, Bruzdar Gratterall, and a solid middle infield prospect in Nick Gordon, all clear out of the way here. I'm in. I wouldn't have been in any other time speaking into this microphone. And I what, wouldn't have been in last year. I wouldn't have been in 10 years Wetmore ago. Wetmore 1,000% is not in. He's not in on this because he wants team control for these players. Correct. And I'm saying, like, 
if I'm going to trade one of my top three prospects, so Gratterall, Kirilov, and Royce Lewis, I'd like some team control. I'd like a Trevor Bauer and a Brad Hand, which Brad Hand's under contract for like two or three more years. And uh, Bauer's under contract for next year as well. If I'm going to leverage one of those big-time top prospect assets, I would like multiple years of team control. But if it just came down to all the other options are off the table, this is the trade. Do you want to go in for this season with a guy who has an historically great World Series ERA and a World Series MVP under his belt? He's not the same guy as he was, but he's still damn good. Madison Bumgarner and a huge bullpen upgrade in Will Smith, and you have to mortgage your best pitching prospect? I'm in. Also in. Also in. It addresses all your needs going into the postseason. And again, I'm looking at postseason roster construction and how do you build a team to win seven ser- to win a seven-game series? And that does it. That does it. That move right there does it. And I'm not about prospect hoarding. I'm not about thinking about 2020 and 2021 at this point. You have the best record in the American League. You're a legitimate World Series contender. Now is the time to strike. And you got to spend money to make money. And in this in in this case, you have to spend prospects to win World Series. That's what it's going to take. So you're in. I'm in. I'm in. Both in. Judd, give me the trade again. Bruzdar Gratterall, the Twins' top mm. pitching prospect, who's been he's had some he had an shoulder, injury thing, shoulder problem, yeah. But uh, well, that makes it which make might make more, it yeah. harder. But trade, he's been but... lights out at Double A. Right. He's knocking on the door. Nick Gordon, okay, from Madison Bumgarner and Will Smith. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm in. We're gonna win, twins. We're gonna score. I think we just put him in the World Series. Wow. Wow. Good job, guys. Wow. Can I, Look at us. Way to go. Is there, just pull the trigger. Is there another bullpen arm as well? No, not a great one that I can get from the Giants in this blockbuster deal. I'd like one more bullpen arms, someone I can who doesn't have to be fantastic, but I can rely on a little bit more than what I have right now. So it would be Will Smith. So you're getting Taylor everything Rogers. you need in one trade, yeah. right? Yeah. Can I do that? I'd have to go look up and down. Because the I'm giving you know, know I'm giving the Giants a lot here. A lot of know. control. I'm giving them Does a- Rob Nen still pitch for the Giants? <laughs> I'm not sure. I think I, Rod Beck passed away. I was gonna so say I, I just thought not. of Rod Beck and I thought that's really important. Well, th- so they do Glad have you said it. Sam Dyson, who's been a closer with the the Rangers before, he's kind of bounced around, but Sam Dyson yeah, okay. is on their roster. Yeah, that's the type of name. So you though. could get like Will Smith, Sam Dyson, Madison Bumgarner, and you'd, and you'd have to give up your best pitching prospect to okay. make that happen. So my my question for Rami is because you're you're a Cubs fan at heart, yes. And the Cubs made the Cubs traded Gleyber Torres in 2016, who was one of their top three prospects at the time. They traded him and a couple other good prospects. Adam Warren was one of those guys. Yes. Um, and uh, they made a similar trade for Quintana from the White Sox. They yep. traded Eloy, Eloy Jimenez and their top pitching prospect. His name is escaping me right now. Dylan Cease. But that was after they won the World Series. Yeah. They made that trade, right? Yeah, that was the so, following season. So when they were hunting a World Series for the first time, they were willing to trade for Renta Araldis Chapman. Right. They traded one of their top prospects. If that trade... If if that season hadn't resulted in a World Series win, and it was very much in doubt, Game 7, Indians coming back, if that game turns out differently, and the Cubs lose in seven games to the Indians, are you playing the results there? Is that a bad trade? Because I think like what, what we're looking at, it's easy to say in retrospect, look what the Cubs did, and they won the World Series. But they don't win the World Series every time they make that trade. And so I think if the Twins make a trade like this, and they trade one of their top three prospects 
for what might be a short-term rental situation, and they don't win the World Series, we have to be okay with right. that result. No. I'm, I went into... I had the same thought process about that trade that I'm saying to you guys right now. You looked at that Cubs team, and they had an entire infield that made the All-Star game. They had a $80 million right fielder who they just signed in free agency. They had prospects galore in the outfield who either weren't even at the major league level yet or who were hurt and would be back soon, like Kyle Schwarber at the time. And I looked at that and I said, this is a really young roster that looks like it'll be good for a long time. It looks like the window is just opening to win a World Series, but we don't know that. We don't know that. Chris Bryant could... Tear his ACL tomorrow, and this whole thing is over because he's sort of the centerpiece of the whole thing. Anthony Rizzo could get a concussion and never really recover from it, like we've seen from guys in the past. You don't know. So as soon as that window opens and you feel like you have a legitimate shot to do the only thing that these guys play for and the only thing that these organizations strive for, and you see an opportunity to make yourself stronger in that pursuit, you do it, and it's going to cost you, but you do it because you don't know how often or how long this window will be open. Here's my question. If you're going to get uh, two expiring contracts from a Giants team that is clearly just starved to rebuild itself and is probably three years away from actually even trying to contend again, do you even need to give up a top three prospect? Could you orchestrate a trade in which you give them a little bit more uh, and and does not touch uh, Lewis, Kirilov, or or Gratterall at all, and but is still sweet enough for them that they take it because you are taking on two guys who are almost certainly probably going to walk. Which, by the way, if you win a World Series, you don't care. Mm-hmm. You could certainly get Will Smith for something less than one year top prospect, and you could probably get Madison Bumgarner on his own for something less than one year top three prospects. I don't know if you can get both of those guys without giving. You're either going to give up. One of your top three prospects or like four guys that are between three and 20, which I'd rather do that than give up one of the top three. And if I was the Twins, I would explore the market looking for what Derek is looking for, which is a pitcher with control beyond this year if I'm giving up prospects like that. But first of all, that might not be out there. And second of all, when I'm weighing the trades, let's say somebody out there has a player like Derek is describing, but the Giants trade puts me in a better position to win now. I take the Giants trade instead. That's my number my number one priority in whatever deals I'm making leading up to the July 31st trade deadline is winning now, is winning a World Series in 2019. If 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 one deal looks better for the future, like, yeah, this guy doesn't give us as good a shot to win a World Series as Madison Bumgarner and Will Smith, but we have control of them for 2020 and 2021 when we think we'll still be trying to win World Series. No, the Giants trade outweighs that. Whatever helps you win now is the better deal for the Twins, even if it costs you the same thing. All right, let's do this. Let's recklessly speculate. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, say that again. All right, let's do this. Let's recklessly speculate. You want reckless speculation? <laughs> you know this ain't gonna happen. How about reckless trade speculation? Into what's going on in the minds of Target Field of Derek Falvey and Thad Levine? I don't think they would give up Lewis or Kirloff. I just don't. I think it'd be incredible. I, I know that that we probably would. I don't think that they would. The Gratterall one, to me, though, intrigues me because he's a pitcher, 
And yes, if he turns out to be lights out, that's great. But pitchers scare me. And I think pitchers scare baseball executives too. So I think in the reckless speculation form, we are hitting on the first name that they would strongly consider. Don't you guys? Yes. And I think if you're as great at squeezing extra toothpaste out of the tube with pitchers, like Mar- I mean, Martin Perez, you know, that, that carriage turned into a pumpkin a little bit. Like, look how good that guy was for two months. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is a guy who was almost out of the league last year. I think it just gives you more ability to trade bruised Dark Ratterall or whoever the prospect of 2020 is going to be. And Derek Falvey told a story. I don't know if this was this. This was actually uh, we're safe to say this. I can't remember if this was on our show or part of the off mic conversation, but he was t- telling us back in November about his conversations with Theo Epstein and how Theo Epstein once approached Derek Falvey and said, I'd love to tap your brain for how you understand and see pitching. Cause as much as I've done as a general manager, Theo Epstein, I'm talking about, yeah. I've just never been able to like cultivate pitching internally. We've always had to go buy it. So that's been the hole in his swing to use an analogy with the Red Sox and the Cubs. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Bleep it. Got to go pay for John Lester. Right. Or got to go trade for Jose Quintana, whatever. And, and so if you're the twins, I think you almost take that approach for the reason Judd said, which is even if you're great at developing pitchers, there's just such a high surgery and volatility rate that if you can trade a maybe pitcher, a prospect who looks like he might be great but has injury on the horizon or could just flame out like pitchers do, for a guaranteed really good starter, I think you make that trade-off. I don't think you have to worry about lo- You're not always losing six years of bruised dark Gratterall. You might only be losing three years of bruised dark Gratterall because of a shoulder issue or because... His peak is only three years, right? I mean, look at look at you, Darvish, for instance. Who would have thought two years ago that that guy was going to get shelled and have to undergo surgery again, and then get shelled when he comes back? And and he's not thirty eight, right? He's only thirty one years old. So I th- I think Judd's onto something here. If you can trade a, a pitcher who might be great in the future for a pitcher who's really good right now. Now is the time that matters, right? Because you can win a World Series. And when we say now, we mean now. We don't mean the window of 2019 to 2021. We mean yeah. now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm reading through some of the tweets because we threw the question out. Would you make this trade? Would you trade Bruzdar Gratterall? And, well, actually, I just said, would you would you trade a top three Twins prospect, is how I phrased it, for Madison Bumgarner and Will Smith? And the, the results here are mostly 50-50. Tom says, not for two rentals. I'd do it for Hand and Bauer, though, with the Indians. Uh, Matt says, I would have issues giving up one of those two for Bumgarner. He's probably only a one-year rental at best. Um, and Larry says, yes, yes, and yes. Doomsday Man says, hell yes. They're just prospects. They don't work out half the time. You can call us, 651-646-8255. You can tweet us, at Score North, at Jay Zolgad, at Rami is tweeting, at Phil Mackey. And uh, we'll take your feedback on this. It's reckless speculation season, gentlemen. It's a good time to be alive. Oh, I love it. I love it. And you know what? I think baseball might have accomplished what we've been asking them to. Maybe it's just because the Twins are really good, so we're here and we're in it. But they might have accomplished, to some degree, what we were asking them to do, which is create buzz, create stories off the field, a lot of which has to do with player movement. I think by moving the trade deadline up, they might have heated that up just a little bit. Again, that might just be we're in the bubble, the Twins are a first-place team, so we're super into it, but... I mean, like I said, a guy like Encarnacion, 
doesn't usually get traded to a contender until the calendar at least turns to July, and usually the second half of July. It happened in the first half of June. Him in that ballpark, too. He's going to... Encarnacion's going to pop oh, out, oh, pop yeah. out in, yeah. in Yankee Stadium and hit home runs. Yes. That band box... Yeah, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be tough. They're gonna play the twins. They're gonna play the twins in the playoffs, and I swear to God, we are gonna have a 17-16 final. Yeah. Yeah. Blake Parker's gonna probably not want to pitch in I don't think he's gonna pitch in that game. No. Don't worry about it. Uh David, we'll get to you and we can we can get to any other calls if you have reckless speculation thoughts. Six five one six four six eight two five five. And we're gonna recap what was a pretty damn good weekend at Target Field all in all. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all new Score North and the free to download Score North mobile app. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. If you don't have it, get it. It's free. It's available for Apple and Android, and uh, you can subscribe and listen to all your favorite podcasts on demand or live. The longer you listen live, the more points you rack up to win cool rewards from us, because we love you here at Score North. It's also your one-stop shop for all our written content from scorenorth.com. We've been participating in some reckless Twins speculation to open the show, with uh, rumors abound that the Twins and Giants may be close to a deal that would get them uh, Bumgarner and Will Smith in a deal that would include uh, Gratterall and a couple other prospects. Well, that last part is more... Like, the last part is just complete speculation. Total speculation. But it's probably a steep price. Something similar to Are we now differentiating between what's speculation and what's actually reported? It's all run together at this point. It really, Don't worry about it. it, it not, not officially. Right. It all runs together. Exactly. Yeah. So give us a call. 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. Would you give up a top three mm. prospect to land a package including Bumgarner and Will Smith? David in Minneapolis. You're on with Mackie yeah. and Judd and Rami. Good afternoon. I was going to say um, I'm okay with giving up prospects um, and making any trades you need to if you're if you're all in for this season. My thing is, though, I don't like it when teams go in and then, like with the Twins, five years of futility where it's like 90-plus losses. Um, I don't want to see that happen. And I'm, I guess I'm wondering, where's Royce Lewis going to play with Polanco? So that's a that's an interesting question. It shortstop and second base matter far less than they did ten years ago in terms of like range and because you can you, everyone's just being positioned differently. Right. But my guess is Polanco would stay at shortstop at this point if they like him at shortstop and he's their franchise player. Would they then just move Royce Lewis to second, or would they ask Jorge Polanco, the franchise player, to move to second? They might move him just to a second base. I don't think it's that. It's that big a deal for the reason that you brought up, Phil. I think positioning now has diluted so much of how we used to think about those two positions and the arm strength thing that I think it'd be very safe to say in five years we will call them middle infielders and won't really care. Yeah, it's like in basketball now. You've got guards and forwards, right? You don't. It's not center as but much. It's positionless. But I don't think Scope is a long-term guy here. So and and you can trade Gordon because Lewis is eventually going to come up. So I think there is a luxury probably if Gordon plays well to use him as a trade chip. But Scope's probably what what did he sign for a year here? I believe yeah, it's a one year deal. So it would not surprise me because he, he's certainly had a great year. It would not surprise me one bit if he goes elsewhere and cashes in. So that that problem would solve itself pretty quickly because if Royce Lewis isn't up here next year, which is certainly possible he won't be, I would expect in two years he'll be up here. But 
Don't they kind of have a, a logjam of middle middle infielders in their system between what's up on the major league level and Royce Lewis and and other guys Wonder that Javier, they have yeah. down at the minor they, league level? Yes, it's a so le- you yeah. trade, it's not a problem. You trade from a position of strength, absolutely. And if the right guy presents himself, Royce Lewis has got to go, man. I know Syndergaard got hurt over the weekend, so Glenn Perkins. Reckless speculation last weekend. It's a hamstring, though. Kind of took a hit. Yeah, the ha- it's a hamstring. The, actually, the hamstring factor and just like the four and a half ERA, you might be able to buy even lower now on Noah Syndergaard. <laughs> I might still be in on this. I'm already a little you worried. Can't, hold on. Look a second. at Jonathan right now. Hold He's, on a second. You, you, you're with me on this. You can't, I'm all in on Noah Syndergaard. You, you can't say here. that without playing the sound. I wrote it down. You can't <laughs> say that without playing that sound. Reckless speculation. Yeah. You can't just be like, yeah, they might be able to buy lower. You know what it is? It's it's a hamstring in air quotes so that they can just rest him before they trade him. That's what that's what I doing. saw a clip of him at uh, the ballpark today running. No, he he looks fine. Syndergaard's gonna be fine. You don't really need your hand. Just just throw with your arm. <laughs> Using your legs you're is a overrated. Big strong guy. Yeah. Tommy John, <laughs> shoulder surgery. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the other, aside from just speculation galore here, the other thing from over the weekend, and Judd, you and I were on hand for uh, the Joe Maurer number retirement ceremony on Saturday. Wearing the number seven for the last 15 years has been my absolute pleasure, and being able to play my entire career in that number in front of my family, friends, and fans here at home means more to me than any of you will ever know. They checked the Bravo twins on this one because they checked every box imaginable for this. They, I love that they recognized, and it seemed like the fans and everyone involved in you know, the, the, the players that were doing video tributes, the Ichiros and the Pujols, everybody involved, I think, rose to the level of, this is a one in every 10 year, one in every 15 year event. How about T.I.? T.I. They did tried to tribute. get him there. They the tried goal, to get him to Target Field. The, the goal, the goal was for him to be at Target Field and sing the song on the field, but he still came through with a uh, tribute himself. It was the Twins. Is Ti too busy now? Like, what's, I don't know where Ti is. What was the relationship with Ti that he was recording a tribute video for Joe Mauer? No. Joe, Joe Mauer's walk-up music since 2016 or since 2006 Six. has been the same song. The same song for every at bat since really? 2006. Yeah, he didn't change it. He changed it for like three at bats one time. Yeah, it changed for. Uh, um, there, there was a Prince night where everyone picked a Prince song to walk up to, and I think Joe liked that enough in that game that he allowed it for like three more games to be his first time up to play that Prince song. But yeah, Ti song was Joe's song forever. Yeah, but they did a great job, and the Twins. I, I think in this town. Not that other teams don't do a decent job, but I think the Twins do the best job with big stuff. Don't you? They do an amazing job. If it's a big event that requires production, the Minnesota Twins do a fantastic job. And I thought that that was great. And Joe Maurer spoke for 11 and a half minutes, boys. They tried to keep, they told him, keep it under 10. He went, he went over the allotted time. 11 and a half for Joe to be at the microphone? That's impressive. He did say after the ceremony, he said he practiced two or three times. So he ran, he ran through it two or three times, mostly, you know, I don't know, in front of Maddie or at home, whatever, mostly to try not to cry as yeah. you're delivering it. But, all right, here's my, here's my hot take of the show. It was an amazing night. You had... I mean, Judd met Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench was there. That's this was, amazing. This was a career highlight for me. No, I'm super I'm not jealous. Gonna, I'm not going to lie. I'm super jealous. It was a highlight. Brooke, did you run into him up in the press box somewhere? Or? Dan Hayes and I stalked him after he got done on TV. 
and waited outside. Perk, you say stalked him. Perk went into the booth. Perk's like, bleep it. And so, yeah, we stalked him and then got him, and he was outstanding. But anyway, go ahead with your hot take. Okay, so everything was magnificent. Everything that the twins honored Joe Maurer in the way that I feel like he should be honored. I feel like Phil is softening people up for something that's coming. There's forty thousand fans inside that stadium, Mm -hmm. and there has there in the last since 2010. You could probably count on two hands how many times there's been 40,000 fans in that stadium, right? I mean, opening days and just a few other times here and there. And Joe Maurer was given standing ovations, 40,000 people, not an empty seat in sight at 6 o'clock when that ceremony started. People on their feet, loud ovations. I mean, I mean, listen to the... To the I hope when everyone here tonight sees that number seven hanging in the rafters, you all know that you played a role in getting it up there. I know when I will see it. I will think of all of you and be forever grateful. Thanks again, and go get them tonight, boys. Yeah, listen to that packed house, 40,000 people. Joe, yes, we love you. And at least 5,000 of those 40,000 are complete frauds. Probably more like 10,000. Maybe even higher than that. Frauds? Because five or 10,000 of those people were bashing Joe Maurer for years for not hitting for enough power. We're bashing him for bilateral leg weakness. We're bashing him for not catching enough games, for grounding out too often to second base, for always hitting fly balls to left field. And if you were one of those people for eight or ten years who ripped Joe Maurer unnecessarily, even though he hit 320 year after year and won batting titles and an MVP and caught for ten years gold gloves, and if you ripped him for all of those things throughout the peak of his career... And then you showed up on Saturday night, acted like you didn't do those things, and stood up and gave him 10 ovations. You are a fraud. And I just want to point that out. There's a lot of fans and media that treated that guy like crap during the peak of his career. Did you want those people to stand up and boo him? I want them to not show up. You're a fraud. This is Judd-like. Don't show up. This is very Judd-like. You don't get to treat him like that during you know the what? peak of his you career. Know what I and then, oh, I love Joe Maurer. Yeah. Fraud. In the course of his 11 and a half minute speech, I wanted Joe to address the fans just like Bob Knight did <laughs> and say, I hope when they bury me, they bury me upside down so you can kiss my ass. <laughs> Critics can kiss my ass. That's yeah. what I wanted Joe to do. Go heel turn. Because, you know, Joe talked about the fans. He talked about, you know, when we get, went through a lot together, and I thought to myself, tell it like it is, Joe. Tell these people what you're I mean, really saying. Like, 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 like fans and media who mocked him for sitting out day games after night games, Mocked him for milking quote unquote injuries. You are frauds. And if you stood up and cheered him, and if you acted like, I always love Joe Maurer, shame <laughs> on you. Shame on you. You, had you. Just, you could just you had let a, a nice night be a nice night. It was an amazing night for those just... of us who properly appreciated Joe Maurer throughout his 10 year peak. By the way, I heard a speech along the lines of what Judd is talking about right now. Did you guys hear the high school valedictorian who just ethered her entire school? <laughs> no. When? She was, she was like, to my counselor, I'd like to thank you for making me self-reliant because you never took an interest in me until you found out I was going to be valedictorian. <laughs> to the staff member who showed up drunk every day, I want to thank you for being an example of what not to be when we grew up. She just <laughs> ethered her entire school wait, wait. and staff. It was amazing. Where do I find this? See, Joe should have done this. I 
I heard yeah, it. I know. I forgot where I heard it. I heard it. To the 10,000 of you who are complete frauds <laughs> here tonight, let me tell you something. You think I don't show emotion? Here's some emotion. To those of you who ripped me for making $23 million a year <laughs> when I may have been banged up a little bit, but said nothing when I won batting titles making $500,000 a year, bleep you, leave my stadium. His last words could have been bilateral this. Walked off into the sunset. Frauds. Frauds. I saw 5,000, 6,000 of you walking around, you frauds. Your, place to be your, on Saturday your night. general soreness jerseys that you put together in 2012 and 13. That's right. Just saying. There's a lot of people who didn't appreciate what they were watching when they were watching it. And all of a sudden on Saturday, oh, oh. What a great moment! Yeah, I just yeah, found you that speech. It. I'm going to send it over to Jonathan. If we have a chance, we should we should play it at some point. We should definitely. It's amazing. Let's play it when we get back. Okay. <laughs> it's, a high, it's high school, right? We just it's can't high school. Wait. Yeah. Did you swear it all? No, I'm pretty sure it's all. Uh, it's all clean. It's all FCC allowed. I'm pretty sure. Maybe up. Jonathan can screen it real quick. Outstanding. It's really good. All right, we'll do that when we come back here. Also, some uh, all kinds of wolves and NBA news and notes to get to. And Andrew Wiggins' news nugget that came down today. It's kind of interesting that we have to get to. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. Supported in part by Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. And uh, just in, in case it's not obvious, if you enjoy the new Score North programming here since we launched in January, if you like our show, if you like Mackie and Jeb with Rami, the two best things you can do to help us are A, download the mobile app. It's free. Apple, Android devices. Just just go to your, your app store. And B, support our sponsors. Support sponsors like Luther Brookdale Toyota that have been part of this show for a long time, even going back to 1500 ESPN for a number of years. Uh, it's, it's, it's the best combination of knowledge and expertise, the people that you're going to meet inside the showroom area and the service department, and durable, great, sleek-looking vehicles the 2019 RAV4, which I just uh, got into a couple weeks ago on a three-year lease, and all the safety features that you get with the 2019 models. 694 Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. All right, what's, what school was this? This is San Isidro High School in, I want to say Florida. I'm not sure. I don't Pro- probably Florida. Probably Florida. And uh, this was, we were just talking about it before the break, their valedictorian who was, uh, let's just say, none too pleased with with her school and the support system at her school over the years while she was busting her butt to get good grades. This is how she felt she was being treated. This is Natalie Burr, valedictorian. I'd like to give recognition to those who have greatly influenced me during the past four years. Oh, my God. It's to my mother and father, all the setup. you are the most hardworking and caring people that I know. Okay. Especially in this past year, with all the craziness of applying to colleges and coming closer to adulthood, you have been wonderful mentors and role models. Thank you for your endless love and guidance. That's very nice. To the teachers, Madame Rosa, Miss Monaghan, Miss Gomez, Mr. Triolino, Mr. Solomon, and Mr. Aleman. Thank you for being so invested in your students' education. Okay, so she had nice things to say. Yeah, okay. You are the most intelligent, inspiring, and supportive individuals I have had the pleasure of learning from while at SYHS. Okay. To my friends, 
Thank you for always being by my side. This is genius. <laughs> she sets the whole thing up. Love and support always. This is like pitching a great game. Yeah, she hasn't pulled the blowtorch out from under the podium yet. She's saving a pitch for the for second time to the order. Yes. Here it is. Thanks for teaching me to fend for myself. You were always unavailable to my parents and I, despite appointments. <laughs> Only in these past few weeks, with the award ceremonies and graduation coming up, did you begin making your appearance. And might I note, you expressed to me your joy in knowing that one of your students was valedictorian <laughs> when you had absolutely no role in my achievement. <laughs> oh, wow. In the main office, thank you for teaching me how to be resourceful. Your negligence to inform me of several scholarships until the day before they were due potentially caused me to miss out on thousands of dollars. When applying for a work permit, you repeatedly turned me away, despite confirming with my employer and parents that all my paperwork was filled correctly. I've had to escalate issues with staff to an assistant principal various times to reach any sort of solution. To the teacher who was regularly intoxicated during class. Being escorted by police out of school left a lasting impression. I hope that future students and staff learn from these examples. Thank you, class of 2019. God bless her. Wow. God bless her. Were you watching video of this? Yeah. Did anyone try to stop her? No. They just let her go. They just yeah, they let her go because it would have looked really it would look even worse. But yeah, they just let her go. My favorite was the reaction after the crowd's oh. reaction after she says the stuff about the alcoholic teacher. Just they all sort of like, oh no, she didn't say that. Everybody clearly knew who she was talking yeah. about. That yeah, was... but but that but that one you know totally deserves it. And, yeah, and, and it's fantastic. I love the counselor. Yeah, <laughs> that's just high and tight right there. Who tried on the to counselor. take credit for her. <laughs> I'm so proud one of my students is valedictorian. That's buzzing the tower with a pitch that right there. That was amazing. That is one. And the delivery never changed. No. No. She's, and she set it up with all the like the people she actually wanted yes. to thank. And then kept the same the same tone, the same cadence, everything. Yes. She didn't like getting mad. Her tone didn't change. She just, it was like the whole thing was in the style of a, of, of a valedictorian speech. But if you listen to the words, she just took a blowtorch to the entire school. That was amazing. Just a straight assassin monologue tone <laughs> the entire time. Bravo. That was amazing. That well was amazing. Done. Man, I wish more coaches and GMs would do stuff like that. <laughs> just get up. To the referee who clearly missed that call. You know who could have done that? <laughs> Rocco, after this weekend. To Angel Hernandez, who couldn't call a ball or a strike if you basically spelled it out for him. To Vic Carapaza, who apologized to Miguel Sano after calling him out on a bad call in the fifth and then called him out in the same call in the eighth. I'd like to thank him for letting me know that we're not only playing against the opposing team on a given night, but also the umpires. Uh, did you guys see Andrew, Angel Hernandez again refuse to appeal to first base on yeah. a fairly obvious non-swing by a right-handed hitter? Like, that's the most... Missing balls and strikes is one thing. You're a human. You're flipping coins. It's 97 miles an hour. It's a two-seamer or whatever. 
But if a, if if there's a guy down the line who can help you call a check swing one way or the other, and your ego prevents you from just reaching your arm out and asking him, you're fired. You the, need to be fired. I'm sorry. Strike three call that uh, Angel made Saturday night on Chesler Cuthbert from Blake Parker. Yeah, which started outside and curved slightly in, but never ever touched the plate. No, and you got the Angel strike three. It is, it's an a miracle of God that that man has a job. Chesler Cuthbert, by the way, an all-time great baseball name. Oh, that's money. That Chesler is... Cuthbert. Oh, I love that. That's I almost parents. feel like he should be a, a a butler in a Bond movie or something. I almost want to change my name to that. Mackie and Judd with Cuthbert. Be easier getting apartments. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. Chesler Cuthbert. Of course, sir. Yeah. Oh, of course. check on this guy. This guy sounds rich. I'm Chesler Cuthbert. You're going to run a background check. I'm Chesler right. Cuthbert, so and this Chesler is my Cuthbert. gentleman's gentleman who will be. Yeah, exactly right. He sounds like he wears a monocle. We, <laughs> we should definitely give him an apartment. Playing third base. <laughs> Jolly good. I think I see the baseball coming at me. Hold on a second. I'm going to put my tee down and field the ground ball. He's, the, he's like the Monopoly guy, right? Like the Monopoly guy. This guy definitely has a fancy hat. Angel, are you serious with that strike three call? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I take issue? Did we have something else planned, or can I take issue with Judd real quick? Take issue? Well, I, I, we, I wanted to mention that Andrew Wiggins will play for Team Canada this summer. Okay. And I was going to ask you guys if you would rather have him play with, for Team Canada or just, like, work out under the watch of or just stay the Canada? New Wolves regime or just stay Forever? in Canada. Yeah. Well, you hey. know who's coaching Team Canada? Nick Nurse. So he'll okay. get some championship pedigree coaching while he's playing for them. Okay. I ordinarily hate this. I hate, I hate, hate, hate guys who play basketball all year long for the season, then go and play in July. In this case, I don't care. In, in this case, I don't, I don't care. If this it was could Cat, only get better, right? Yeah. And if this was Cat, I'd be like, no, I want him to rest. I want him to rest until training camp. But it's gotten to the point with Wiggy. I, it's fine. Do what you're gonna do. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you in that. I've given up. It's like. It really just comes down to shoot corner threes and layups. And yeah. Whether you do that for for a FIBA tournament or in the NBA, that's fine. Okay. What's your issue with Judd? I was driving in today to host the second hour of Purple Daily along with Danny Cunningham, and I'm listening to the end of the first hour of Purple Daily with Judd and Danny Cunningham. And they're talking about O.J. Simpson joining Twitter, which he did this weekend. Mm-hmm. And Judd, Judd followed O.J. Simpson. I just want to know. He's not alone in this. He's not unique. What did they say? Like 500,000 people? It's up people? to six, 600,000 plus. Why? Yeah. Why would you follow a murderer, allegedly? Why? Allegedly. Allegedly. He's really he's really killing it in his first three tweets. And, and, just, and his first, well, first of all, he's looking for the killers. He's on the golf course. Tweet, what if he, he finds him? He's going to volunteer that up right away on Twitter. His, I found the killers. In his first tweet, he says, I got a lot of getting even to do. Like, dude, you can't pick your words worse. Is that what you said on that fateful night to Ron and Nicole? I got a lot of getting even to do. Oh, I, I, I feel like he's already even. Okay. I, feel like, I would think so. I got, I got, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm backing off on this one. <laughs> I said, if you listen to the entire segment, I'm very conflicted by the fact because I told Dawn on Saturday OJ's on Twitter and she said, Well, you're not following him and right away I was as she said that I was pushing the follow button. So yes, I followed well, him. Don't be conflicted, just unfollow him. I consider myself a sports guy and I'm curious what he's and gonna then, say. And then I'm Dan- conflicted here. I'm not I'm not saying I'm right. Then Danny says to Judd, Who's one person? Past or present, who's not on Twitter, who you wish could, who you wish was, and was totally open and honest. Before you tell him, Rami, yes, let's have Phil guess 
who Judd said. He'll never guess. What's the question again? Who is who, past or present, that is not on Twitter, would you like to be on there and be totally open and honest? Totally open and honest. Yeah. This Phil's, is a non-sports person. Yeah, it's, not, it's a non-sports person, but I don't think you'll get it. It's very difficult. Give me, give me a hint. I, uh, I, I can't mass, give me a mass murderer who got some help. Charles and, Manson? Yes! yes! I'm driving in my car. He's swerving by now. And I hear He's so angry. Wait, was, was he not honest about I, like I, no yeah, on Twitter though? He was but like, uh, but if he, he was, was very on Twitter, transparent. If, but if he was, I feel like I feel like he's I mean, already like no. But told the question what, was on Twitter and being honest, which he would be if he was on Twitter. You, you want like Charles Manson takes on non-murder things? Anything? You just want his honesty I on the, the, the Eastern Conference in the NHL? I wouldn't mind. Well, the Philadelphia well, the Flyers. He's, he's incarcerated in California. So it'd be more like King's hot takes. But I was driving in my car, and Danny asked that question, and I said out loud, sarcastically, to myself, I go, Charlie Manson. And, and then Judd goes, Charlie Manson. I was like... Are you serious? Yes. This is a crazy so you guess person what I, I you work guess with. What I said? Sarcastically, I gave the answer I thought no one would ever give. And there you are, Judd, giving that answer. What What is wrong with you? I don't know. <laughs> Ask Mackie. He's worked with me for like five years. Ask Phil. I don't know. I'm me. I can't tell you what's wrong with it's me. It's a little creepy. Th- it's yeah, a little no, creepy. I'm with you. And I and following OJ, listen, I get it. It's really weird and sort of sadistic. And, and for all of those who are criticizing people like myself who follow people, uh, who follow OJ on Twitter, I, t- I get that. But I followed him right away. In fairness, in fairness, <laughs> you guys remember when you started your own Twitter accounts? It's a little clunky at first. I mean, he's come out of the gate these first three tweets. He, He's slaying it. (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan's cheeks are just... Jonathan's got nothing. I'm literally putting busy all on the phones right now. I don't want to handle these questions. We could talk about this. No, we're not. We could certainly take some calls. So what do you guys think? Nick Nurse is going to help Wiggins? And then Bill Cosby is on Twitter on the same weekend. I'm not following Bill. Why? You're already following a murderer, allegedly. Because he bores me. Cosby boards. Is I've Bill never, Cosby on house arrest, or does he get one tweet a week? Uh, no, apparently, he, the apparently he requested yes. that a tweet be sent out for him to somebody on the outside. So somebody else is running. And then called himself America's dad. You're in prison for rape, dude. You're America's dad? Yeah, really? I don't like Cosby. Mm, pudding pop. <laughs> and I love Bill Cosby. I See, told I this, didn't like I told this story on Purple Daily, but I'll tell it again. So my freshman year in community college, because, come on, I'm made for community college. That's okay. But... I I kind I didn't arrange my schedule for it to be this way, but I was really happy it ended up this way. Every day I had a, a break in my class schedule that coincided with back to back airings of the Cosby Show, and they would start with the very first episode. Did of, you schedule this on purpose? Maybe, but this the first never sem- saw full episode. The first semester I didn't. Second semester I was like, this is this is awesome. Just so you know, I scheduled around uh, Family Matters and uh, Full House reruns on ABC Family when I was in college. But they would show them in order from the first episode to the last episode, and so in a semester I watched the entire run of the Cosby Show twice. I majored in Cosby my first year in college. Is what I'm telling that you. That show always bored me. I never watched the full one. Oh, it was so good, but now I can't. Now yeah, I can't ima- watch it anymore. Imagine how much of a narcissistic bleep you have to be to request someone send a tweet for you when you're in prison yeah. and have that tweet say, <laughs> "America's dad here." First, it starts with, "Hey, hey, hey, <laughs> hey!" Don't make fun of Fat Albert. That's a different character, okay? <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't make fun of Fat Albert. How? How? Well, he was. He had his own persona. Come on. By the way, I had to go and check and make sure I wasn't following Bill Cosby today because I was like, was I following him well, before hold on a second. all this so stuff Phil, came out? <laughs> did you hit the follow button on O.J. Simpson? I have not yet. I've, are, are you going yet? to? I will say. Are you going to? I have I have watched all of his videos so far. <laughs> okay, well then you're but just I have as not followed him on Twitter yet. And I like how the follow up to I got a lot of what do you say? I got a lot of getting even to do. Yes. The the next tweet sent out reads the first thing I need to clear up. I was like, oh well, here we go. Let's see what he has to say about that. But it's that I didn't sleep with Chris Jenner and Courtney's not mine. I'm like, that's and he the did first a video. Thing you need to clear he up. did an entire that, video on that. That's the first thing you need to clear Honestly, up. Honestly, that's the thing I'm most curious about. Courtney looks nothing like the or wait no, Chloe, Chloe, right? Chloe I looks nothing I like the other know. Kardashians. It's a mystery. I don't know. Mackie and Jeff with Robbie. Whether it's Fred Meyer, Simple Truth Turkey, or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Fred Meyer has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone.